Hello, I'm Pastor Rod Fair, uh, pastor of North Douglas Church here in Victoria, British Columbia. And thank you for joining me online so that we can share this teaching uh, throughout the summer all about Jesus. We've been talking about different aspects of Jesus' life and how he helps us to connect with God and understand our role and our purpose in life. Today, I want to talk about the prayers of Jesus. And I just want to, them to serve as an example about how you and I can connect with God. There's so many things that Jesus did and uh, in the midst of prayer. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed with his disciples. He, he prayed for us as believers. And I, I really think that the example of Jesus' prayers will help you and I to grow in this area of our life. I want to remind you that today is a communion um, message, and so we are going to share communion at the end. If you want to participate with me, then just gather some emblems of bread and juice, and we'll be able to share that at the end of the message. And I know that God will just move in the midst of that, and we'll, we're going to pray for your needs when it comes to uh, that communion time. You can find all of the messages on our social media pages, uh, everything that we're teaching when it comes to this series of messages all about Jesus. You can look on our, our uh, webpage, northdouglaschurch.com, as well as our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and you can find these messages on podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, we just want to be able to connect with you. If you do have a prayer request or you have questions about this message, send them to prayer at northdouglaschurch.com and I'll be able to respond or pass those prayer requests along to our prayer team. It is an exciting thing to be able to talk about prayer because praying is connecting with God. It is a spiritual act, but it affects us in so many different ways. And so I'm gonna be talking about the prayers of Jesus today. Jesus was in constant contact with God the Father. There wasn't a moment that he wasn't trying to not only discern the will of God, but do the will of God and accomplish the work that God the Father had set out for him to do. So he was praying. He was getting that direction. He was receiving power uh, from God in order to do the things that he was doing. And so it is really an important part when we think about Jesus' whole life, not only his teaching and the miracles, but what he went through in order to be that redemptive uh, person and fulfill that redemptive role as the Lamb of God to go to the cross, to be able to uh, pay the price for sin and be that sacrifice. It is just such a huge element, and prayer is woven all the way through his life. And we really do want to take that as an example. So the main point of this message today is this. Jesus' prayers are an example for us as we learn how to connect with God. You know, since Jesus was connecting with God the Father through prayer, I believe that his example in prayer shows us how we can. And that is uh, hugely important and helpful to us. So I'm going to explore four different areas of prayer in Jesus' life, and we're going to learn some lessons uh, from these things. So here are four lessons from the prayers of Jesus. The first one being this. Jesus prayed before decisions. 
All through Jesus' life, he made some major decisions, and you'll find that the gospel writers record his prayers before he actually made those decisions. And so one of those, of course, is that before he started preaching, before he started traveling, he spent 40 days and nights in the wilderness praying. He was interceding. He was talking to God the Father about this whole area of ministry that he was taking on. And after those 40 days and nights in prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit led him into a place where he was tempted by the devil. And ultimately, Satan came to him and tempted him to get him off track from doing the will of God. But because he had spent those 40 days in prayer, because he had fasted and prayed, he knew what the will of God was, and he was able to turn aside every temptation that Satan threw at him and was able to pursue the ministry and the work that God had laid out for him. Also, you know, near the end of his life, Jesus was heading to the cross, and there was a time when he knew that he was going to be arrested, that he was going to be uh, tried, and he was going to have to endure the cross in order to fulfill the work of God, and he makes his way to a garden, Garden of Gethsemane, and in that place he spends a night in prayer. Uh, when his disciples couldn't stay awake, he's there interceding and he's asking God uh, about whether he has to endure all of this pain and suffering that he was going to endure on the cross. And ultimately he said, but God, not my will, yours be done. And that's such a, a crucial point in his life. He was praying for God's will to be done, that he would stay on track. And he was always connected with what God wanted to do. And we see that in all the major decisions that he was making. And let me give you a really good example of the pattern of this life. In, Matt, or in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, it says this, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. You see, early in Jesus' ministry, he had a number of followers and he was creating a team, a team of people that would be able to take the message of the kingdom of God to all of the area around them, to be able to really saturate all of Israel with this message of the good news. And uh, he prayed up on the mountainside asking God for direction. And God the Father gave him that direction. He chose 12 to be with him as he went through uh, what it meant to spread the good news of, of, uh, of the gospel into Israel. The lesson for our prayer life is this, that we will make decisions in our life, and when we're facing major life decisions, we should spend time in prayer, asking God for direction. If we listen to Jesus' example, that's exactly what we should do. So take this lesson to heart, you know, when you're facing a difficult decision, when you're facing a major life change, talk to God, go to him in prayer. The second life lesson in prayer from Jesus' prayers is that Jesus prayed with his disciples. He didn't just pray by himself. He wasn't just connected with God for his own sake, but he also prayed with others. And we find that as his disciples are with him, they are learning about prayer. And of course, the most famous place is the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. And it says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You see, the disciples came to Jesus and said, how can we pray? And Jesus gave them this pattern, this Lord's Prayer. And I have taught many times, I've encouraged people to use this as a pattern because it helps us stay on track with connecting with God. In our relationship with God, this is a perfect reminder when we think about the Lord's Prayer of praying for prayers of praise and honoring God, prayers uh, involving the will of God and wanting to accomplish God's will. It helps us stay on track with asking for provision or protection. We are asking for forgiveness as we pray through the different elements of the Lord's Prayer. And I think that this is a, a great example of what it means to learn about praying. And so the lesson from this prayer of Jesus is this. We need to learn from Jesus' teaching that we are to grow in prayer. You know, that's exactly what the disciples were trying to figure out, is how can we pray? And Jesus was saying, well, you know, start here and and being able to pray these kinds of things. And I think that the growth in prayer increased over their period of time with Jesus. I believe that can happen for us. We can grow in prayer as we are endeavoring to uh, spend time with God, connect with God, you know, this kind of thing in praying the Lord's Prayer helps us to grow. And we should be growing as we spend time with God. The third lesson in Jesus' prayers is that Jesus prayed for believers. You know, before Jesus went to the cross, then he spent time in prayer and he prayed for his followers. He knew that he was going to leave and his disciples were going to need some help. Uh, They were going to need the Holy Spirit to be with them. He prayed for them. But he also prayed for the people that would believe the disciples' message. That is, he, he prayed for you and I, ultimately. The disciples spread the gospel and it went to all kinds of different places in the world through many generations and eventually came to us. We are believers who have learned to follow Christ because of the gospel message. And therefore, Jesus was praying for us. And it's recorded in John chapter 17, exactly what he is asking God the Father for in the midst of thinking about all of the people that would come after him that would believe the message of the kingdom. And it says this, starting in verse 20, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And so 
Jesus prayed these three blessings over all of those that would follow him, all those that would believe the message. He prayed for unity, he prayed for glory, and he prayed for love. The unity is that connection with God, that closeness that comes as people believe, that they express their faith, that not only would that be a unity shared with God himself, that we would be on God's page, we would know what God's will is, but we would also be connected to fellow believers and that there would be a unity that simply comes through believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus prays that people would be one, that they would be connected. And that's an important blessing for us. Jesus prayed for glory. You know, the the magnificence of Christ, when we consider the glory that he was going to come into as he was raised from the dead, as he ascended into heaven, he was saying he wanted all of his followers to participate in that. They wanted to experience that glory. And so Jesus promised that he was going to prepare a place for those that would believe. And so we, we have this hope of eternity, of a of eternal life in heaven. And so we are anticipating that we will share in the glory of Christ. But of course, that glory isn't just for eternity, it's for us right now because we have this close bond with Jesus as our Savior, that he instills the glory of God in us, regardless of what our circumstance looked like, then we have a participation in the glory of Christ that he is with us, that he's speaking with us, that he's helping us live, that we're staying on track with who God is and what God's will is. This is the glory of Christ. You know, the other thing, of course, is that that blessing was prayed over us by Jesus of the love of God, that we would know that God is loving us, that God is loving Christ, and that the, the love that is part of God's family is really the signature of who we are as Christians. And so Jesus prayed these blessings, unity, glory, and love. The lesson from Jesus' prayer is that we need to receive the answers to Jesus' prayer as a blessing over our lives. We need to learn that, you know, Jesus prayed these things so that we would receive them. And so in prayer, there are times when we simply need to receive the blessing of God. When we're praying for others, there is a blessing that returns to us simply from seeing the answers to prayer. When people pray for us and for our needs, there's a blessing that comes to us. And we need to learn to receive in prayer. The fourth area that we can learn in prayer from Jesus' prayers is that Jesus prayed for his enemies. And this is the last lesson that I want to share with you today about the prayers of Jesus. It is such an important thing as Jesus was praying for his enemies. You see, all the things that were foretold about Jesus came to pass, that he was arrested, he was tried, he was crucified. And the religious leaders that had accused Jesus of blasphemy and they accused him of sedition before Pilate and and, uh, wanting to be the king over all, I mean, ultimately their motives were not good. Their motives were selfish. They did not have the will of God in mind. However, God used even their malicious intent for his good purpose because Jesus was to be the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for the sin of the world. And so that crucifixion, although they meant it for evil, God used it for good. And so 
Jesus could have been mad at those men. Jesus could have called down judgment on them. He could have cursed them. But instead, Jesus prayed a prayer of forgiveness for those that were his enemies. For those religious leaders that uh, had accused him, for the Romans that were crucifying him, those people that were there, Jesus prayed for forgiveness. This is what it says in Luke chapter 23. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen ones. The rulers mocked him. The Romans killed him. But in light of those things, Jesus offered forgiveness. Said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The cross is about forgiveness. And I think we can take that to heart and say, you know, if Jesus in the midst of the most grueling and terrible situation in life could offer forgiveness uh, to his enemies, and I think that's the lesson for us. Simply this, it's clear. If Jesus could forgive his enemies that were killing him, we can forgive those who are doing or have done harm to our lives. We know that there are people that will cause problems for us, that will do harm, even say mean things, or maybe even do violent things against us. At what point can we offer forgiveness? I think that if we're following Jesus' example at every point, we can ask for God to help us to stay in tune with his character, to be people of forgiveness, to say that, the, the love and forgiveness of God is more important than any other thing. We want people to experience that. We can follow this. And the foundation of forgiveness happens in prayer. When we pray, we can forgive from our heart, and then ultimately that can overflow to our actions, our attitudes, our words. You know, as we come to the conclusion of, of the teaching part of this message, then ultimately I'm hoping that Jesus' prayers inspire you that they are examples to you about prayer, that we should pray over the major decisions of our lives, that we should be growing and learning in prayer, that we should receive the blessings of God in prayer, that we should practice forgiveness in prayer. You see, I know that as we connect with God in prayer, then ultimately we are going to grow as people and we are going to find that we are able to live our Christian life in a vibrant way and we're going to experience the eternal life that Jesus really promised us. When we're connected with God, we stay on track. We, we stay in his will and we're able to accomplish good things being a part of his kingdom. And so we come to the communion part of this, uh, of this message. And I really do want you to participate with me. And if you have some juice and a cracker, uh, then uh, I have some here with me and, and I want to share this communion time. I want to remind you about something that's in the midst of, of prayer and how it's related to communion. Certainly in our ch church here at North Douglas Church, whenever we have communion, we spend some time praying for one another. And 
there's something that happens in the midst of gathering that is is true of God's presence and that is that when we when we gather together there's an element of God's manifest presence. That means we we feel the presence of God differently than when we're just by ourselves. Now, even if you're you're hearing this online, I want you to know that when I come to the end of the scripture and pray for you, that we are connecting together and that as we agree, that if you have a need, I want you to lift that up to God and we're going to pray that God will come and meet your need. And as we agree together, we're trusting that God's presence just fills the place where you are, wherever you happen to be listening to this, and that that prayer request that you have is not only heard by God, but you will see the answer to it. We expect to be praying with one another because that's part of community. That's part of what happens when we experience God's presence. And so as we've talked this whole time about Jesus' prayers, and what we learn from them, we want to live that out as an example. And so when I come to the end of the scripture today, I'm going to pray for you. Jesus really opened the door for us. When he sacrificed himself on a cross, when that veil in the temple was ripped in two, and uh, when he, he died, our sins uh, were, were forgiven. They were provided a way that they could be forgiven. But more than that is... The, the sin was a wall between us and God. And Jesus took that away so that we could come to him in prayer, that we could connect with God. And so as we share this today, this bread that represents his body, this juice that represents Jesus' blood, let's honor Christ for what he has done in opening the way that we could be connected to God, ultimately receiving eternal life that we would be with him forever. This is what it says in Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus in the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take this bit of bread, this cracker, and take it together in remembering Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus for offering up your life. We bless you. We remember you. And Paul went on to write to the church, uh, starting in verse 25, it says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take this juice in remembrance of Jesus' blood together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for being the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for our sin. We bless you today. We honor you and remember you. And Lord, we come on, on behalf of, uh, of both ourselves and our friends. And the fact that when we call on your name, we know that you hear us. And Jesus, we're so grateful that you have opened the way that we can have this spiritual connection with God. And we come today and we lift up our burdens and our requests. Those that are listening and within the sound of my voice, whatever your burdens might be, God, we simply lift them up to you and we say, would you hear and would you answer? 
God, would you come alongside and give direction? Would you give uh, healing where there's healing needed? Would you give guidance where guidance is needed? Sometimes provision, Lord Jesus, we're praying that you would help us in this life. Help us to stay on track with what your will and your way is. God, we want to serve you and we want to honor you in all the matters of our life. And so we thank you today for all that you've given to us. We thank you for who you are as our Savior and Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being a part of this teaching today. I trust that your prayer life will grow and flourish as you practice these lessons that you have heard about today. God bless you. How great is the chasm? How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountains I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. And through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? Where heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope. We sing
We praise you. 